Welcome to the 301 Colored Commentators, a monthly podcast series where two black men from the state of Maryland debate and get their hot takes on movies, professional wrestling, and TV shows. So have a listen, have a look-see, but nonetheless, enjoy. Hey, welcome back. Hope you missed us, 301 Colored Commentators. What up? Anthony. Anthony. And our special guest, our old friend and reality TV show star, Panama's finest, Silver Springs finest besides me, Naeem Thompson. Say a little something to the camera, Naeem. Okay, can I talk to you directly? I mean, I don't like that besides <laughs> me part. Just, to, just keeping it honest, man. But thank you. Glad to be here. Looking forward. Glad to represent Silver Spring versus everybody. Um, Cy, you, you, you owe me one of those. So I, I owe Let's you. Let's just keep it fair. Okay. Okay. You're in my pockets. In your pockets. Whoa. You're in his pockets. You're in my pocket. Let's make it right. Let's make it right. Yeah. Okay. You want to make this right? Let's do that. All right. What's it called? I know you missed us since our last episode. It's been several weeks. Today we're going to be talking about we're going to be talking about the TV series Breaking Bad. We're going to be talking about the evolution of gimmicks in professional wrestling. Like for example, how Rocky Maivia became the Rock. But first. We're going to dive right in and talk about the 2000 British action comedy Snatch. Hold on, hold classic. on, hold on, hold on. The classic. You catch them up first, Si? What have you been up to? What have I been up to? I've been yes. up to it. You jump, you going right in. You need to calm down. Let them yes, know I swive it. Swive it. Why has it been please. a while? What's going on, dog? Okay, you're the co-host. You're the co-host. Oh, Tell us no, but I, I'm asking you. I'm going to add to it. But, you know, you start first, you know. Go ahead. Let them know. What has I been up to in the last month and change? Okay, let me talk then. I'll tell you. Good job. <laughs> what Sai has been up to for the last month and change is traveling. That's right. I've been to Seattle for a work trip, and Seattle really is as rainy as they say it is. It rained every day I was there. But I got to see the Space Needle. I got to see the pier. It was nice. And I went up to Boston two weeks ago for the Commanders-Patriots game. First time I've been to Boston since I was in college. And, yes, my team lost. <laughs> Don't ask me how. I, I, I'm I at a loss to say how. But... Speaking of which, we served you in Germany, dog. <laughs> Nine. <laughs> I mean, hey, man. How's not much boy? I got to say. You know, it is what it is. Uh, but, Sai, across your travels, did you get a chance to socialize any a bit? Or, yeah, I talked to some people out and out, and out there as well, too. Seattle, Boston. I talked to several people, men, women, just got to get to know the city. Inquiring minds want to know, was there any chemistry developed on these outings? No, no, sadly, no, no, no. Uh, okay. You okay. sure, Sai, or you just be modest? I'm we know you to be modest, Sai. We know you to be modest, Sai. <laughs> <laughs> you also want me to be very blunt. <laughs> words, Sai, words. Um, what about you, Anthony? What's up with you? Man, I've just been keeping myself busy for the taxpayer, you know, been working hard, uh, spending time with loved ones. You know how it goes. And, um, you know, trying to keep keep up with you, dog. you know, since you're traveling a lot. And, you know. You're more you're a more well-traveled man than me. You've been around the world more than I have. Well. You've lived around the world. Uncontrolled circumstances put me in that. But I'm very grateful, yes. Okay. Uh, you know, so, yes, I enjoy traveling, too. And um, soon come, I'll be back on a plane soon. We, but other than that, I've just been working, you know, chilling and um, and spending time with loved ones. They know who they are. 
And uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, music wise, nothing new. Same old Afro beats to the world. Niger, shout out to Naive. Uh -huh. <laughs> I see you, dog. I see yeah. you. Uh, but yeah, that's it. That's about it, man. Uh, yeah. But yeah, before we go back into it, we served you in Germany. Be Gates, dog. <laughs> you didn't even watch the game. You didn't even watch the game. It don't matter. The horse shot in that ass. Anyway, let's go on. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. Okay. Shall we get right into it? Yeah. All right. Starting with topic number one. One of our favorite films, all three of us, is part and parcel what we got Naeem here because he's a big fan of the film as much as we are. The film Snatch. I am the film, Sai. Let's just get it right. Keep you going. are the film. I am Snatch. Yeah. Okay. This, uh, a little background. This film came out when all three of us were in high school. It was released on, in the U.S. in December 6, 2000, and was written and directed by Guy Ritchie, who had previously did Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Plot-wise, basically, and without giving anything away all that much, it's set in the London criminal underworld, and it has two intertwined plots, one dealing with a search for a stolen diamond, and the other with a small-time boxing promoter who finds himself under the thumb of a ruthless gangster who is ready and willing to have his subordinates carry out severe and sadistic acts of violence. It had an assortment of characters, too. Some, and, and despite being a British film, it had two American characters, well, three American characters, actually. Well, three American actors, Brad Pitt, um, Dennis Farina, and a Benicio Del Toro. Jason Statham, uh, Stephen Graham, Lenny James, Robbie G, and Vinnie Jones, and Ade, who plays Tyrone, they were all supporting actors in the film as well, too. Um, we, like the, we like the film's themes, the ideas and the motifs in there, and the film was, still, was also filmed in the same visual style with the same features and many of the same actors. Yeah, Vinnie Jones, Jason Statham, Alan Ford, Jason Fleming, they're all they're all alumni in Guy Ritchie's films. And as for Snatch, it was largely successful, both critically and commercially. And it's developed a cult following too. I mean, from a budget of $10 million, the film grossed 12 million pounds in the United Kingdom, $3.3 million here and Canada for a grand total of 83.6 million worldwide. Let's just talk about the film in general, the plot, Quotes, its legacy, trivia, favorite scenes, etc. Naeem, you being the guest, floor's yours. Well, it's about damn time, so I couldn't wait to get in here otherwise. <laughs> but uh, no, I appreciate the floor, and while I have it, may I add? Uh... <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm coming down with something. I'm sorry. Okay. Won't be the first time, but anyways. Uh, ass, yeah, please. Um, it's about the film, right? One of my favorite films of all time, can't say enough about Snatch. It's one of those films that if you can get the humor, if you're quick-witted enough, if you know, you know. And if you're not part of the ship, pass yourself to the left. Because a lot of people just can't get it, right? I've introduced the film to several people. Some people think it's, like me, one of the most hilarious things of all time. And other people just can't keep up with the humor in it. I got to ask, how did you first see the film? You know, I think I was introduced to it, like you said, back in the high school era when it first came out. Shortly thereafter, my brother had a, a DVD and I found it in his collection and okay. uh, saw it, popped it in. And in the first five to 10 minutes, I was hooked. <laughs> Anthony, how did you see the film? How I actually saw it at Penn State. They okay. had like one of these bootleg channels. I wonder if the school's aware of this. Well, the world was aware of this. Back then, they had this... Pirated channel that they used to stream on campus, dog. <laughs> we had like a pirated version back in 20, 2001. Uh, but 
Yeah, I saw it there. I recognize a lot of the characters growing up in the UK. Like a lot of them, the English characters come from like local English shows. So it was kind of funny to see them like in mainstream movie and shit. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like Naeem said, the humor's great. Like I know I, I, I've spoken to a lot of people that have had to watch the movie in subtitles, but like growing <laughs> up, growing up there partially, like I like I didn't I don't need like I, I could understand the lingo um and then the slang. Are pikeys real? Was that the pikeys? Are they real? Do I mean that's a yeah, lot they, 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 they do exist, but like I, I never encountered one when I was there. You know what I'm saying? Like they're I think they're just like a minority group of people uh up, up north, up north in, in, in the UK. So uh, any truth like, or validity to that to that um dialect that they speak? Does it sound remotely close to what we heard in the film or I don't know. I've never heard, but the other the other accents are definitely spot on. The slang is spot on. Um so that makes me think that their accents and, and, and the way they talk is real too. Because everything else that's local, um, at least from like people in London um, and the other accents and the UK accents are pretty real. So <laughs> the, 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 the terms and stuff, all they're all legit. So it makes me think Brad and, and his peeps are all like legit as well. They did their research before they came through. Given that Guy Ritchie's from there, right? So Guy Ritchie's English. I'm sure yeah. he did his due diligence to make sure he delivered a good product. So yeah, and I, it means a lot coming from you, especially having spent, uh, I guess, extensive time over there in London. Um, I as a kid, as a kid, but you know, kid, young adult nonetheless. But you can validate, you can verify that a lot of it yeah, seems authentic. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I stuff. remember I first saw the film in college as well too. My cousin, when I was staying with him in Connecticut. He put me on to it saying, you got to see this. You, you, you'll get the humor. And funny. that was the first time I realized that English, British humor is funnier than American humor. Yeah. At least in this film it was. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Brits, what are your favorite scenes, though? Any, any guys have any favorite scenes? There's too many to name. Um, the dialogue is just... Is... You Tell have me. a favorite character as well, by any chance? I think I say Bricktop is my favorite character. Yeah, he's up there. He is up there. <laughs> Why so? Why? Because well, the things that come out of his mouth. <laughs> he don't give a shit, too. He's like, Mickey <laughs> wants a caravan. Mickey wants a caravan, but he won't fight. And Bricktop's like, in the quiet words of the Virgin Mary, come again. <laughs> <laughs> I think I thought of that. Oh my gosh, that's full of classic quotes and a lot of nuggets in there. You know, one of the things I harped on, like looking back on it, um, the mom in the Pikey Village, right? Oh, yeah. uh, I think in her introduction to the, the the big guy, the big boxer, I forget his name. Um, George, and then, George. Gorgeous yeah. George. Gorgeous George. Yeah. Um, they, I think somebody offered somebody a drink and he said, Yeah, well, I can murder one. And of course, her, her tragic response was, There will be no killing going on around here. Oh yeah, and the classic foreshadowing of what that quote actually means. Good point. Her being the one being murdered on that same very campground later on in the movie is just like it's one of those things you might not catch on the first spin, but certainly yeah. the second, and third. Yeah. Yeah. So it, that was intentional. Yeah, there be no murdering around here. I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think Tyrone and the crew were kind of funny as hell. Like there was the idiocy from them. And just, <sighs> Legendary dog. There's a mask off in there. <laughs> and then, 
the Russian. The Russian is funny as hell too. Just, Boris the Blade, Boris the Bullet yeah, Dodger. Yeah, yeah. Why do they call him the Bullet Dodger? Because he's hard to kill. For some reason, he just lives, bro. I I know. I was just that was a line in the film. Like, oh yeah, when, early in the film. When, yeah. when Abby asked Bullet to Tony, why is he called the Bullet Dodger? Another funny thing. Abby. You know, Abby. Like, I've heard. <laughs> I've used heard. To, used to call sign that, dog. <laughs> I still do to this day. Over the phone. Like, Abby, pick up the phone. Uh, <laughs> you know, one of the things I found interesting, one of the dissenting comments about the three characters, Tyrone, Saul, and can't remember the third, um, they were compared to the three stooges. And there were some people that thought yeah. that the only black or African American, Anglo African, whatever you call it, representation in the film were paramount to three stooges. Um, I didn't notice that the first watch or second watch, but after I heard that commentary and going back and looking at it specifically, I can kind of see why some people would feel that way. Yeah, yeah. that's a good yeah. point actually. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, shit was still funny as hell. <laughs> Straight up. There's a man going in there with a briefcase. Did he have, did he have four fingers? I'm sorry, I didn't get the binoculars out in time. <laughs> good stuff, man. Good film. Good film. Yeah. Um, funny enough, like that that movie did really well in the UK too, uh, especially amongst like the younger audience. Because like even now, like I following soccer, I, I watch a lot of like soccer um vloggers on on uh, YouTube, and like there's one for Arsenal who's actually Turkish. He goes by the name Turkish LDN, and obviously that nickname is derived from the movie. So yeah, like, I guess that's how influential it is on a lot of like younger people. So it's pretty cool. That's his legacy. Yeah, legacy. Yeah, yeah. There's the word for it. Definitely legacy. Um, definitely legendary. I mean, it lives on in my everyday life when I talk to to Abby over here, and when I call, yeah. let her know <laughs> she's got to do. Abby. Abby. Shut up and sit down, you big bald fuck. Si, who are you calling bold? Top of the morning to you, Si. Top of the morning to you. Walters. Yeah. What else? What else is funny in the film? Um, yeah, how Doug the Head, Doug the Head, how Turkish's voiceover talks about Doug the Head. He says, he, he tells everybody he's Jewish. He wishes he was Jewish. He even tells his family they're Jewish. <laughs> he's not as Jewish as he is a fucking monkey. But what about Abby? what about Abby? Abby seems like a real deal Jew, American Jew. Oh anyway. my gosh! Oh, he, yeah, he was funny as hell. Abby was funny as hell. his patience, man. Dennis Farina, he's an ex-cop that used to he used to work out of the Chicago Police Department before he became an actor. Oh, for real? Yeah, he's yeah. been in a he's he was a good character actor. Rest in peace. And his assassin, and was, his hired assassin, was pretty funny as hell. I forgot his name. Bullet to Tony. Bullet Tony. Tony. Yeah. <laughs> he like the he like the Madonna song. You must be my lucky star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What he was. <laughs> yeah, he, put, he put that Scottish that Scottish dude in the other uh, in the, in the car. The and drove off. You recognize him from Game of Thrones? I believe he's from Game of Thrones. Oh, was it Game the Scottish of guy? Yeah, it was either Game of Thrones or like um, his, he's from another show. He's from another show, like later that came out came out later after the movie. Um, yeah, I, I recognize him. Uh, shit, I have to I have to revisit. It might not be Game of Thrones, but it's from something else. He, him and Brad Pitt, him and that guy, they were the two examples in the film where I had to put the closed caption or subtitles on because I couldn't. That's that thick Scottish accent. I could not understand it at all. I was like, Slow down, Tommy. 
Sure. Yeah, I, don't know if, I don't know if Brad Pitt understood what Brad Pitt was saying half the time in that yeah, film. Yeah. I think that was that was intentional though. That was yeah, for sure. But like for, sure. for real, for real, like if you ever been to Scotland, dog, their accents are gangster. Are you, I can't, I can't. I, I, it's hard to talk are, to me, though. I can't understand them. And like, the I gotta be is, like, what? The thing yeah. of it is, them Scottish actors, the actors that are from Scotland, they come here and they can do American Southern accents with no problem. Um, even yeah. the even the the ones in England, like yeah. They're pretty good at mimicking U.S. accents with an ease. They are. They yeah. are. I think the Southern accent, the Scots, they had that on lock. They do it well, huh? Brian Cox, uh, Kelly McDonald, Laura Frazier, they're good at that. Mm. I think Brad Pitt, I think it's, it might be up there one of his best performances of all time. Yeah. He was able to pull off in that film and be he so believable. Yeah, he yeah, did method act. What, what added to his believable performance was the fact that he was method acting. He didn't, he didn't bathe a lot of the time, neither. In order to get in character with Mickey, because the gypsies they be on the running. The first thing we yeah, see, always him, on the move. He's taking a shit right next to him in between cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's well, up Mickey. there. It's definitely up there. I, I can't, I can't remember too many Brad Pitt performances that were as good. Maybe Seven, Fight Fight Club. Seven, Seven was Seven was really good. Fight Club. Like, Fight was, Club was actually really good too. Yeah, that's true. Up there. That's another good movie. Yeah. Very yeah. good movie. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. The Ocean's movie, he was in both of those, wasn't he? Yeah, wasn't he was. It? Troy even. Troy, he was decent as Achilles. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I guess, I mean, the casting did a phenomenal job in this. And I think Guy Ritchie as well. Um, you know, this made me become a Guy Ritchie fan. I went searching for other versions of this brilliance that was in Snatch. Sadly, though, I, I, was, I, I couldn't find this quite the element that was in Snatch and other Guy Ritchie films, um, as much as I What, what are some of his other big ones? I'm even I trying to remember off the top Lock, of my head. Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. That was his first film. That's what got him noticed before Snatch. Okay. Yeah. And that's a decent watch as well. Taking nothing away from Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. It's not, I mean, it's not, it's not the brilliance that Snatch was, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too good. Yeah. Revolver, I had that on my rack. Sherlock I haven't Holmes. seen that. I haven't seen Revolver. That's good. That's good. Yeah, he did the Sherlock Holmes film. I was disappointed in, in Revolver. Oh, the Sherlock Holmes. He did do that. That's right. Both of them, yeah. He directed both of those. That was decent. But that the, the humor is not this. It's this has like this is more rated R. It's like it's yeah, like, it's like it gives me like adult <laughs> humor, like on the hilarity of like super bad type shit. <laughs> I think it's more I think it's more advanced than super bad. Yeah, I mean this is an adult. He's super bad as like high school kids. So yeah and like still, what I'm saying is like the hilarity is, is categorically yeah it's, it's kind of, I get that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah speaking of Scots Scotsman earlier you know who they wanted to play Bricktop before they got Alan Ford who? Sean Connery oh, oh really? wanted- Bricktop Bricktop the dude is like a popular like UK actor like he is Alan Ford, yeah. Yeah, he's in a lot of like local TV shows. From so I recognized him off Jump when I saw that. I, like, I remember this dude. Um, so many like local, uh, what you call it, uh, soap operas and shit that he's on. From, from the Do we know why that deal didn't work outside? Any any information yeah. on why it didn't pan through? Yeah, Sean Connery flat out said, "This is a good film, but you can't afford me." <laughs> you for real? Yeah, I, believe it. I, believe I could it. believe it as well. You know, yeah. I mean, hey, it is Sean Connery. I mean, yeah. yeah. May he R.I.P. as well. Yeah. What else? What else in the film? Um, the soundtrack as well, too. The music they use in the film. I heard yeah. I heard 10 CCs with a dreadlock holiday during the first scene where we see Tyrone. 
And speaking of Tyrone, why every time he talks, he looks like he's taking a shit? Cross on you. That man can't drive for shit. <laughs> I thought you said he was a getaway driver. What right. the fuck did he get away from, eh? <laughs> what was the response? I think he's quick on his feet when he has to be, huh? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's what they said. Johnny on the spot. Oh, my God. And the dog. He, the the he dog, yo. Fingers. He's the one that got him. Yeah. Was that? Yeah, totally. He's the one that got Frankie Four Fingers when Soul and Vinny fucked up in, in the bookies. Yes. 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 Indeed. 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 And why, why does Bricktop, why did he hate Tommy so much for? Why did he hate him? Dog. Are these Lenshire pigs? Who the fuck's talking to you, boy? Oh, yeah. <laughs> fuck's coming. Yo, Bricktop was useless. was ruthless, dog. Oh, my he gosh. Fed, he fed people to pigs. To pigs, bro. Even his own Hence, people, his own men. His own Hence the expression, as greedy as a pig. pig. Absolutely. <laughs> that whole monologue was great. That whole monologue. Yeah, for sure. One of the best monologues I've ever heard on film in a long oh, time. Bullet to Tony when he punked Soul and Vinny when they tried to get him in the uh, in the bar, he just grabbed the gun and the fact that your guns have replicas written down on the side of them. So oh, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and my gun is Desert Eagle .50, written down the side of mine. Problematic, problematic for sure. To precipitate your balls into shrinking, along with your presence. He is he's now, one of my favorite uh, characters on the jump, man. <laughs> Funny as hell. Funny as hell. He pumped the shit out of him, and he and he killed Boris the Blade too. But it took him. It took him like what? It took him like his whole oh, clip. It took him his whole clip. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, why was Boris the Blade getting them though? Selling what? them fake ass, fake ass items, dog, for like top dollar, or top pound. And when Tommy tried to use the gun, like. <laughs> I'm gonna kill him. Fucking Russian. Yep. fucking Russians. Yep. And what in yep. Turkish? Well, why was he always like, what's it called? After his like his joke after everything with Tommy. Protection against who? The Germans. The Germans. Yes, Tommy. Proper fucked. Before <laughs> the Germans get here. Can either of you remember the first time um the little nugget that they actually used the word snatch in the movie? No. Oh, no. Well, you? you know, most films they say the name of the film at some point. In the title of the film, in the in the script, yeah, they drop it um, sometimes, yeah, yeah. So when this they, one was dropped. Of course, I do. It, it's one of those scenes that just stuck with me for some reason. Yeah. The, the the dog is first in the possession of I think it's Saul. Yeah, and I think there's a toy or something that yeah, he has. Yeah, the duck. Or or he's, he's squeezing it, and the dog makes an attempt, and he says, "Don't snatch." Right? Of course, the foreshadowing to later on, the dog totally snatches the damn diamond. That's the joy that has the diamond and everything. Exactly. Exactly. That dog is a fucking omnivore. Eats anything. Of course, he Like, what they find in there? They find like a doggy chew toy, a 24 karat diamond. Yep. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, the gypsies were not taking care of that dog. That dog is in better hands with Tommy and Turkish. Right. Right. Shout out to Tommy and Turkish too. Yo. And and the, the the boxing fights, the boxing fights where Brad Pitt's character, where he always they told him to go down in the fourth, and he and he just knocked the guy out in the first round. <laughs> and the way the character like we're fucked. <laughs> and Bricktop's like, and Bricktop's people that he promised money to are like, oh, they were pissed. Yeah, they were pissed. Somebody confronted him. You do remember? 
Yeah, like, cut me off again whilst I'm walking, and I'll cut your King Jacobs off. Yes, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the tip, Doc. Listen to me, you fucking prats. If I throw a dog a bone, I don't want to know if it tastes good or not. You stop me again whilst I'm walking, I'll cut your fucking Jacobs off. No, I gotta ask. I want to be my Jacobs. Yo. Jacobs. Legendary. I never heard that before. Told told Snatch. Well, you yeah. been lying What was the inferred terminology behind Jacobs in that scene? I I don't know. I, I I've never heard that. I think that's British slang for balls. Is what oh, I'm thinking. that's your that's what you have to infer. That's what I think. That's what I think. I never hear that in America. I never heard that nowhere else. But it's funny. <laughs> it was funny as hell. Oh my goodness. Um. Oh yeah, the caravan. The caravan. They they, they, they basically they punk they punk Tommy and Turkish for a caravan. But here's the thing. At the same time, Mickey helped them actually. Mickey helped them. Because when How Bricktop, so? yeah. because when Bricktop, when he got killed, when he got killed, right? Afterwards, Mickey, I mean Tommy and Turkish, they profit from the diamond they find in the dog. And their reputation in the boxing underworld is still intact because because of Mickey, because of Mickey, there's now evidence that they that they don't they don't engage in fixed fights, unlike Bricktop. Mm, mm, mm. Ricktop wanted him to go down the fourth, but Mickey, he would just, he wouldn't go down at all. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yes, what's clever about it is I think Mickey and the whole camp, they had the obviously the, the mastermind and planned the yeah. entire time. They everything was well planned out. Like the 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 scene with them trying to get the caravan can be juxtaposed to the grand scheme of the entire film. Oh, right? yeah. They always were two or three steps ahead, ahead. of any minor or major plot throughout the entirety of the film. The brilliance of those people. Even when they dipped out of their campsite, they did that early after they killed Bricktop's people. Precisely. They made yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. They probably bounced yeah. before they did all that, too. Yeah. Precisely. Exactly. Precisely. Precisely. Even though they were trying to throw us off balance, throw us off guard by thinking that Mickey, because of his mother dying and the wake that they had, they had a, they had a, what basically amounts to an Irish wake where they drink their asses off, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we forget mm-hmm. these people, they can drink. It is water to them. So, right. Mickey, yeah. Were you able to hang when you went to Ireland that time? I was only there for like a, a, a day and a half, but I went to the Guinness factory and I don't even like Guinness, but that's the only place on earth that you can actually get a good one. How many did you have? If you don't mind me asking. I had a free one that they gave during the tour, but when I went back to my hotel, I'm like, give me two. Uh-oh. Two for Cy or two for Cy and? Two for me. I didn't meet, I didn't meet, no, I didn't meet, no, no, I didn't meet no nice Irish girl out there, sadly. All the nice Irish girls I know are here in America. You ought to take another trip. I should actually. Sorry, you didn't get your four-leaf clover on, dog. (laughs) (laughs) Four-leaf clover. What are you? you I've I've always known you to be lucky, Sai. You didn't get lucky while you were lucky. No, I didn't get lucky out there. I didn't get lucky out there. But next time I will. It was my first time in that part of the that part of Europe. Amsterdam, on the other hand, it's easy to get lucky out there. Ah. How do you know? I've been there. You red lighted it off, dog? Well, I didn't have to go there to get it, but I went around just to check it out. That's oh. proof. That's red light district, Anthony, is proof positive that they got a fetish for everything. There's a market for everything. Uh, oh, there's a market for more greasy caring. elbows. There's a market. Body part you, whatever body part you explored when you were there. <laughs> Swedish massage size, Swedish massage. They got it right in the window for everybody to see. <laughs> I didn't explore nothing. Side, no Swedish? <laughs> Swedish massage, side the way you like it. The way I like it, the way you like it. Well, you've changed a bit over the years, side Who knows? You say so, side 
I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I don't know what I ought to do right now to you. <laughs> wow, Sai, so start the day off right and proper, aren't we? Proper fuck. Day off? What do you mean start the day off? It's afternoon. Yeah, for you. We're, we're in the same time zone. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> relax, Sai. Relax. Right, some people start times of the day at different times, you know. Precisely. This is an audio visual experience. Why do you keep repeating that as if I didn't hear you the first 500 times? Be nice, Sai. No, I am asking a legitimate question. No, 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 if anybody I dislike, probably it was probably Bricktop's men. Bricktop's men that 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 that, that Turkish found in, in in his office when he was just trying to get it, get it, get into his safe. Yeah, like that sounds like hostility, doesn't Harold? We don't like hostility, do we? I'm like I hope y'all get got, bunch of bullies. <laughs> I I probably will have to say the Russian. Piss me off. The way he would cat the way he would have died, he was always getting away with shit. Yeah. Yeah. I hope I, go ahead. I'd have to chime. I think the name of the, the jeweler from America. Uh Abby Abraham Dinovitz. Well, yeah, there we go. For sure. Abby, how can I forget? His man the fact that he ended up getting the diamond in the end anyway, he's just somehow rubbing the wrong damn way. Like, how the f does yeah. he end up winning in the end anyway? And he came right back as soon as his cousin called him. Yep, same thing. <laughs> Took the shot, <laughs> hopped on the plane. Yeah, and he probably paid Turkish and Tommy good money for that money for that for that diamond too. Yeah, right. right. But to see it going to his hands ultimately in the end, that just yeah, that rubbed me the wrong way about his character. After all the things he did, it's like he didn't even care about his boy Frankie Fourfingers all that much. And Bullet Tony, he killed him by mistake. And speaking of which, Bullet Tony, the scene where Abby wanted him to cut open the dog to get the diamond. And why the actor that plays him, Vinny Jones, why he was so reluctant? Because he grew up around dogs. He, so that was a sensitive spot for him. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. The girl, the girl that was in the bookies too. The short, the short blonde-haired British chick. Oh, classic. Appreciated, but all bets bets are off. If all bets are off, then there can't be any money in here, can there? <laughs> <laughs> just spell it out for them. Oh, she was a that was brilliant. That Definitely was brilliant. funny though. That was yeah. funny. That was funny. Oh my goodness. There's too many funny scenes in yeah, this. Man. We could just spend all day going through all I, of them. And you know what? I can see how people like this is great humor. I can see how if you don't get it, it's, it's over your head. Yeah, it goes over your head. It's it's funny. It's a good it's a good movie. It's a good movie. That dry, that, that dry British humor. Most Americans won't get that unless they unless they naturally have a dry humor themselves or have have the potential to develop one. I mean, for those of us like ourselves that are looking for more of that kind of humor, can you guys think of any other film that even comes close to that? Hmm. And then we probably mentioned a couple of them already, but not movies, but more so like like UK shows are full of it, so. Okay. But I don't think of, I don't think there's any movie like per se like Hollywood off the top of my head. I'm sure there's some. I just haven't seen them. Me neither. I can't think of none off the top of my head right now myself. Yeah. Like well, TV shows. Yeah, Luther or Black Black Mirror. Those are those are UK done. 
I mean, they, they don't have, even have that kind of humor. I'm they, like, have, they, they have moments of that kind of humor, but oh, but they're not built like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, that just means somebody's got to get Guy Ritchie on the phone, man. What can we do to turn another one out? Maybe a get a spring based version. Yeah, who are we gonna have as the characters have been that though? Us three Freddy. and oh, who? Freddie. Freddie got a feature in that show. <laughs> well, more importantly, Saw, what character are you playing? What character am I playing? Turkish. Hell no! You know your ass is salt. <laughs> you talking about your soul? I'd be a three stooge. The fuck out of here! No, you're fucking salt, Saw. You're a salt walking on earth. I'm a salt one, Saw. You be salt. You look just like him. You got the ball head and everything. <laughs> You know you're a walking soul. You don't even have to audition. Who you 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 with your bald head and your glasses? You'd be dug the head. Oh, don't talk about my head side. At least not while we're recording. Okay. Okay. Oh, now you took off. Now you took off your Clark Kent glasses. Now you Superman again. Hey, it is what it is. You know, take it as they come. <laughs> I'll cast myself as Mickey. Mickey. Okay, yeah. do, okay, do some lines for Mickey and then and then and that fucked up accent he got. You like ducks? D I'm sorry? Ducks. You like ducks? Just dags. Yeah, of course you like ducks. Look at the size oh. of that fella. Oh, dogs. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I like dags. <laughs> like <everyone. laughs> Good oh stuff, man. Gosh. Anthony, who would you be casted as? That's a great question, man. Saul's already taken, so. No one can't get that one. I already took somebody else. You can't just give me something. You can't just swap like that. Swap that Sometimes in life, you are what you are, man. I'd probably be a what's-his-face's boy, Turkish's boy. Tommy? Tommy, probably. Okay, get your nuts squeezed by the Russian then. I can see that. No, I can see that. Yeah. I'll probably be Tommy or like. I would have been Bullet Tooth. I'm too small to be Bullet Tooth. He's you got to be a little bit more intimidating, but his humor cracks me up. So what should I call you? Should I call you Bullet Anthony Tony? You can call me Susan if it makes you feel more comfortable. Tony. Wow, three minutes, mate. <laughs> yeah, probably, probably Tommy. Probably Tommy would be my. Abby, cover up. You're making a scene. Oh, sorry, Tony. When would we making a scene? Did that car crash? The car crashed. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> I just bought Rosebud, got the sword stuck in him because of that. And that, that was, wasn't it, wasn't it caused by Tyrone? Basically, that car crash, it was caused by Tommy because Turkish was drinking that card in the middle. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Threw it out right. and it hit Tommy and it right. hit uh, right. yeah, the way they did that scene was like so good. The splinter chronology that one scene, yeah, yeah. Yeah, nah. Good stuff, it's man. A classic movie, film. Um, classic. I film. definitely recommend viewers to watch it if you. Because a lot of my friends, a lot of my friends, have the same same humor, so we've all watched it. But when you ask other people around, a lot of them haven't really seen it. Or I've probably even never heard of it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny. It's funny shit. Um, let me see what what else what else they talk about up in there. Um, let me a question. I got a question. Why didn't Bricktop just bet on Mickey to win and have his own fighter take the dive? Because he would make more money. Betting. Yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't get that either. I actually, I actually asked that low key when I was watching. I said, "Why don't you just bet on him?" Yeah, you know, it's more more or less guaranteed. He's a sick fighter. 
He weird as as weird as a drunk as he is, he fucking t- he knocks people out. The first time we see him fight, he just knocks out gorgeous George and breaks his jaw pretty much with that one punch, that one hitter or quitter. Man was concussed. Yeah, I, I had to, I had to pause that scene and put it in slow motion. Like he hit him. Let me see yeah, that. Dog. That was good acting for sure. The sight, the, all the fight scenes looked looked real, and those punches. Like the audio visual effect of how those things landed just made it seem that much more powerful. You know, that one hit quitter that Mickey possessed, yeah. impeccable man. Yeah, I hear that job's done. Yeah. <laughs> nah, fucking fight for free. <laughs> I, I know, I know we're taking your time, and um, I know you gotta leave soon. You got work on the hand, um, but um, yeah, how much let us know whenever it's time to leave. It's cool, we really appreciate your presence. We yeah. hope to have you back for another, depending on what episode or whatever movie or show we watch. Maybe The Wire, because I know you like The Wire as well. Hold up. Why are you acting like Martin Lawrence and just kicking him out already? He didn't, he didn't, he didn't say nothing. No. Three minutes, man. He, he, had mentioned Three minutes earlier, he had mentioned earlier that he can't be long. He's not going to be long. So I know, but he didn't say nothing. Might... He didn't say nothing yet. He, didn't, he, he determines that, not us. Three minutes. It was three minutes, five minutes ago, mate. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> the chef. No, no, to this point, though, I, I must get going. I do have other tea to brew, so to speak. So I, um, all due respect. Guys, I'm psychic, dog. Oh, okay, okay, okay. All right, Professor. That's why I'm your co-host. I'm psychic, dog. Okay, so okay. You might want to listen to him more often. You might do some, some good sometimes. I don't know. Remember yeah. I Just told you objective. in high school. Just being objective. Remember I told you in high school. Just being objective. Be real. Who, me? <laughs> I, I, why? What did I do? I was telling him that, actually. Anthony, not you. Oh, okay. Yeah, Sai, you're good at what you do, man. We're Stay handsome, okay? Too, si. You can't be against us as well, you know. I'm not against y'all. We good. Yeah. Gucci is straight. Always good. Gucci. See you at City Place later, okay? <laughs> <laughs> it's called Ellsworth Place now, by the way, but for us folks, oh. it'll always be City Place. Yeah, oh, yeah, excuse for me. Sure. You know, for sure. City place, for buffet sure. downstairs, for sure. Yes, yeah, sir. You don't got that no more. What? Yeah, that shit doesn't exist. Yeah, that dim sum right. is gone. We might have to, you know what? We're going to have to do this another time and talk about why that's not there anymore, what we're doing to bring it back, most importantly. Bring it back? I would love that dim sum place back. All the times I got free food from there because there was nobody at the cashier's desk. Hell yeah. So, so how do you get free dumbass fault. <laughs> What are you saying? I'm saying there was nobody at the cashiers booth whenever I went there. I would get my food like, hello, anybody? And I give them a grace period. I give them like a good three minute grace period. <laughs> and then what? Like, <laughs> and, and then what, Si? Walk off. Walk off. That's <laughs> <laughs> is this like the time you walked off at the metro station at the garter rail? You're not the same thing because I got caught there. <laughs> I got caught there, and I all I got was a funny. You don't say you got caught. Walking soul, hell yeah! Because Anthony, Anthony was right in front of me. He got through no problem. But the guy saw me. I had the I had the worst luck in senior year. That's why I hated our senior year. How did how did he get away? (laughs) So I was like, how did he get away? (laughs) I'm just reeling at you, (laughs) Sai. Anthony gets through. Sai gets caught. Uh, the police guard or whomever who's there. Miss Status Laws is informed. <laughs> Did you get a citation? 
No, no, no. It's just a warning, and that that from that oldest oldest from Martin looking security guard. For sure. <laughs> what did Miss Daddy say to you, What's up? What? What did Miss Daddy say to you when she was confronted? She didn't say nothing about under her under her breath. I heard her say thief. <laughs> was she wrong? Well, technically, technically, yes, because the guy gave me a free pass. Come on, Sai. You were a thief and you know it. You stole that natural right. You were a thief. You got away with it. But, I mean, hey, Sai, it's not it stealing if you don't get caught, okay? It wasn't called that way, Sai. You can't, I can't be mad at it, Sai. Huh? You can't be I mad, mad at it. I, mean, I, mean, I don't even take the Metro no more anyway, unless I have I to. did. I, you know what? I did the other day, and there was like, out of 15 people going through, six yeah. or seven of them were hopping right over. It's I'll gotten you, ridiculous. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what day I spent all day hopping, right? All day hopping. Remember when you had that job at the Washington Sports Club or whatever back in high school? Sports Nine. health? Yeah, I actually worked at both of them at different times. But yeah, okay, thousand and around the spring, what's it called? I was hopping all day. Then somebody tapped me on my back. I'm thinking it's a security guard, but it was you at Silver Spring Station. Me? Yeah, I know you don't. I don't expect you to remember that, but that was you. You were on your way to work that day. Hell yeah, I remember it, Sai. I wanted you to pay the toll. You you didn't say that. I should have, because that's what you should have done. Taken away from the city of Silver Spring. And Rockville and Bethesda, I was multitasking. Well, yeah. Well, when I come home, I'll take it out of your face. Now we can get even. Take, take it out of my face? What? Yeah, you don't pay. It's got to come out somehow. My face, though. What the hell does that mean? Hey, you'll have to figure it out the hard way. Shout out to Mickey. You, you don't want to say it, so you explain it. I already did, man. I gave you enough subliminals. You'll have to wait till you see me one on one. You didn't give me enough subliminals. You just gave me a bunch of a, a, a bunch of cryptic comments. So I relax. So Sorry, relax. Do you kiss your mom with this tongue? <laughs> Anthony. Don't call it him for backup. Answer the question. Hi, right, welcome back. What happened? I have no clue. Technical me difficulties. Me neither. Me neither. You, you just asked me if I kissed my mom with that tongue? You sick fuck. Yeah. Hey, it is what it is, man. But yeah, I'd love to chop up more about Silver Spring. Oh, we need to do it sometime, man. Let's talk some more Silver Spring stuff. What's we there, should. what's not there in current events, Silver Spring. When we do The Wire, we'll try and do, I know you love that show, so we'll try to get you on there too. Yes, we will, because in part because they only mentioned Silver Spring once in The Wire, and that was in the final episode. Hey, we got to mention it all. Hey, I'm happy. Fucking Bethesda got mentioned before us. Bethesda. How many times? How many times? Twice in season three. Oh, well, save the best for last. What can you say? Sorry, but you went to high school in Bethesda. That's we true, too. I'm a proud fighting son of Silver Spring, okay? But that's in Silver Spring are two different places. Fighting who, Sai? What? <laughs> fighting who? Who is Silver Spring fighting? Slippery slope there. Why don't you go fight and build that purple line for me? How about that? Build the purple line? It's, it's already it's already in the process of being built still. Sai, that shit's been in the process, bro. Why don't you fight and get that finished? Why don't you help me? You got charisma? With your charisma and my wit? We could take over Silver Spring. We go nowhere, Sai. That's all I got. We go nowhere. Hey, man, love you, Sai. We'll chop it up all things Silver Spring another time, man. Good hey, stuff, y'all. Thank you for being on here, bro. Appreciate it. Love to Ori, man. Love to Ori. Appreciate for sure. Shout out to the wife, Ori. Talk to y'all later, man. Peace. For sure, peace, man. Man, next segment, hilarious. All right, the next segment we're going to talk about next is the okay. The art, the art of the gimmick. Okay, in professional wrestling, a gimmick generally refers to a wrestler's in-ring persona. 
character, behavior, attire, and or other distinguishing traits while performing, which are artificially created in order to draw fan interest. They usually have like a mass wrestler or a wrestler who's very colorful or a very hateful, angry wrestler who's, whose aim is to draw a reaction out of the crowd. Now, these in-ring personas, they often involve costumes, makeup, like face paint, like Demolition, Legion of Doom, Ultimate Warrior, and catchphrases that they may shout at their opponents or their fans. Like, what you're going to do when the largest arms in the world run wild on you? I call Hogan. And gimmicks, they can be designed for good guys, baby faces, or bad guys, heels, depending on the wrestler's desire to be popular or hated with the crowd. But some don't care because a reaction is a reaction. But some wrestlers, they fall between heels and gimmicks, like that whole anti-hero thing that Stone Cold Steve Austin had during the heyday, the heyday of the Attitude Era. And a wrestler, they may portray more than one gimmick over their career, depending on the angle or the wrestling promotion that they're working for at the time. A few of the gimmicks in question. Anthony, tell me about some of the earliest gimmicks that you remember seeing evolving. Um, I guess to touch and base on on the whole art of the gimmick, I think the way I characterize the gimmick, it's like in tears, right? Like there's yeah. the, especially on like for instance on the heel side, some of them inter, some of them kind of intersect, not by character but just the style. Right, so mm -hmm. you have the arrogant, flamboyant, uh, rich bravado type of heel. Rick, Rick Flair. Rick Flair, Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, that kind of guy. Oh. And then, and then you got your traditional, just all-out bad guy that you know is just a bad guy, just like a but, bad ground. Yeah, and then you have. The brute. Um, rarely does the brute work for the for for me. The brute never really works for the heel as well as it does for the face. He's freelance. The, the for, for the most part, there there are only like maybe two brute heels that I consider like like legendary. Maybe Andre Demolition, at most. Mm -hmm. Everybody else. And a, a classic example is the Powers of Pain. When they were brutes as faces, they were pretty damn good when they became heels they became pretty much they kind of were almost glorified that, jobbers right that was unexpected for them as well because their face their their face turn with mr fuji only what served to make the fans, only served to make the fans more 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 go with demolition it yes. wasn't what they intended it to be yes exactly it wasn't it wasn't planned it just kind of took its own course um but on the flip side and there's also the one of one heel like randy savage like there's only one randy savage as a heel i don't think there's any other heel that's comparable to his style of a heel like having the, the i mean later on it, people try to copy it but he came out with the with the female manager that was actually a face yeah. and he was the heel and yeah, his style cool. his promos the way he cheated was very different from everybody else so like that's there's a few one-of-ones in that category he treated um, Elizabeth. He treated Elizabeth like property, though. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. like that's why he was a one of one heel in that his manager was a face that the fans loved, but yeah. he was like people loved to hate. Him. But the funny thing is, people loved him as a heel too because he executed it so well. Like Ric Flair, to some yeah. extent. Like Ric Flair and the Four Horsemen, 
they Bobby Heenan is another one that has um, that arrogant persona, not necessarily rich. Sometimes those interject, but the arrogance and mm-hmm. in, the intelligence as well. Yeah. Like some some of a lot of the arrogant, flamboyant, um, wealthy, you know, produ- um, projecting kind of heels tend to be very cerebral. He got more. He got more with that whole rich angle when Ric Flair came into the, into the WWF, and yeah. him and Mr. Perfect, they were like his executive exactly. or whatever. Exactly. Exactly. I think the heel, the cerebral heels, were the ones that took off the best. They they were more tend to be more successful than your typical brute or just the typical mm, I'm a bad guy kind of guy. You know. The most um, I think the most successful heels, apart not not just the ones who are loved by by certain by a certain fan base, because Randy Savage still had fans as a heel. Rick yeah. Flair still had, he still had fans. Yeah, but I gotta say the one heel that made me actually really really hate him every time he came out, which Ruby's doing his job, was Triple H. Yeah, he was a good one. Yeah, he was a good one. I think the Honky Tonk Man is another one. He was a hated heel, but man, was he good at it. Yeah, and the fact that he could not lose that intercontinental title belt made it even worse. Um, but yeah, you're right. Um, what was the name of that one group from ECW? They were two two black two black wrestlers. I sent it to you recently. One of them said, "Shout <laughs> out to my boy OJ Simpson." Keep it good. <laughs> I'm, I know who you're talking about. I forget his name. It'll come. It'll come. The, he he ended up going to jail a few times, and he died too a few he years died. ago. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, Shoot, I forget his name. It'll come. It'll come. Um, shoot. Uh, uh, but yeah, keep going. When his name comes up, when, when his name, name comes, comes up, yeah. I'm gonna look him up right now. Shout out to OJ Simpson. Dog. Like I can't believe he said that, but well, it's like, butcher to something. The new Jack. New Jack. New Jack. Yeah. New Jack. Yeah. yeah exactly. That's yeah. That's he was he was in Smoky Mountain wrestling, which is down south with a bunch of redneck white folks, and that was designed to provoke them. Yeah, 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 exactly, 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 exactly. Yeah, he he was one of a kind. He was funny, but also just took wrestling <laughs> way too far, dog. Yeah, he was a hard. He was hardcore to the extreme. Yeah, yeah. That's probably what killed him early on too. Yeah, way too, way took it way too far, man. So. But yeah, um, but he was even more on the brute side. Um, Roddy Piper was another really good. He was a one of one heel as well. He was a gifted entertainer. He was so gifted. Yeah, as a heel, he was much much better than in face. As a face, um, he, as a heel, he was better. As a face, he still had elements of crazy. Like what's it called? Yeah, but it, it didn't. It doesn't. It doesn't work as well as a. As a face, and I'll say this: Randy Savage was better as a heel too. I thought he was a better heel. He was, he was fun to watch as a heel. Yeah, yeah he way, some of the best way. promos of all time. Was yeah, Ric Flair was a face, but it's like I can't, I can't see you as a as a pure face. Not right, you've done exactly, exactly. The four exactly. Horsemen were, were the Four Horsemen ever heels at one point? They were, they used to be heels in the eighties. In the eighties, yeah, in the eighties, yeah, that's they were. when they were actually at the peak of like. Arrogance. It was great back then. That that was that was the real true era of full horsemanship. Okay, because like, the they 90s... all they all pretty much emulated Ric Flair's persona of like just lavish assholery. 
<laughs> they, they, I, they, they, I take it they were more fun to watch in the 80s because all I remember and they all had titles, so it was like it was hard to hate them. They they all won belts and they were oh, they were dickheads. Pause. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, and then you have the element. I mean, as you said, like it, it starts to evolve from good and bad, right? It's a gray area. Mm-hmm. Um, and I dare say that started with the NWO, right? Even though they were heels. They were heels, but the four horsemen became faces in the face of them. Right. And they got dismantled by the NWO, too, at War Games 97. 97. Thank you. Thank you. Right. And I think they were the first to kind of introduce that gray area of, of being a heel, but being really, really a fan, like a real fan favorite. I got a I got a friend who grew up on who grew up on that era of pro wrestling, right? He told me that him and some of his boys, when they were high school students in the eighties and early nineties, they called themselves the Four Horsemen because of that. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like when you when you go back and re watch their pro because I wasn't watching WCW in the eighties, I was a WWF guy. Me, me too. Me too. I, I I got into WCW like around nineteen ninety. Um, so. Slowly, slowly for me. Yeah, largely yeah. because a lot of a lot of wrestlers were jumping ship to the WCW. Yeah, they, that's when around. That's exactly right. That's exactly when they started. I think Rick Flair. I mean, uh, Rick Rude, Jake the Snake. Rick Rick Rude, Jake the Snake, uh, Ricky Steamboat were like the first ones I remember that switched to the other side. Um, speaking so, of Ricky, speaking of Ricky Steamboat in return in regards to gimmicks, he was big in the eighties, especially his match with the Macho Man at WrestleMania three. People still, that's like, that's like the height of his career goat, right there. It's a GOAT match, yeah. It's a GOAT match. I but hated him. I like Savage. Sue me. But it's but, like, um, but his gimmick, though, when they tried to bring him back in, like, the early 90s or whatever, with the with the dragon costume motif and terrible. roll fire. It was terrible. Like, what? Y'all don't know what to do with him, do you? Yeah, it was terrible. He's was getting terrible. paid, but it's like, uh-huh. This isn't, this is not Ricky Steamboat. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Exactly. Like a parody. Yeah. Yeah, more or less. So it didn't even last, right? Um, didn't last. Same thing with Tito Santana's g- transition into "I am ready to become El Matador," like a Spaniard that, bullfighter. That was terrible too. Yeah, that was yeah. terrible too. Um, and of Nicholas course, there, there, there's just there's so many like one of ones. Um, Undertaker's one. Taker, he. I was talking about this with somebody earlier today. Taker, he he stays in character throughout all of his variations of his dead man gimmick, even the mm-hmm. biker American badass gimmick, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, and I say that because it's so weird to see him as Mark Calloway now, like sh- just like yeah, being a normal person. It's yeah. so like it's hard to kind of just stomach, you know, it's like, like with, the, with the banana on, with a Texas accent, just shooting the breeze with somebody. It's like, yeah, like yeah, somebody I can have a beer with. Right, <laughs> right. It's kind of hard to see like the effect he had on us on us as a, as the dead man. Yeah, like man remember, was he legendary. Yeah, when he first came to the WWF, remember when he, whenever you come out of the ring, nobody booed, nobody cheered. People were like looking at him like, I didn't know what to make of him. Right, right. Um, of course, Andre is another one. He was one of one. He was the brute. He was like the ultimate brute that was like legendary bad brute. Even though for the when he was a face, I wasn't watching. I was too young. When he became a heels, when That's like, yeah, like 
And he was one of like, at that time, borderline of Mount Rushmore heel. He was like the pinnacle of heel in WWF. Like everybody respected him. And I think Vince was aware of this, that if he gave him the title, it'll be hard for him to lose it, you know? Um, yeah. Which is why, you know, and also another reason, obviously he had health issues. So it was like, we can't have someone that has, you know, serious health issues be the the talisman of the the heavyweight champion. So he never really let him win the belt, but he was one of the, um, I would say one of one heel gimmicks that nobody else, they had several other big men. I know the giant came later on, but he was a different kind of giant compared to Paul White and he was marketed and he was marketed as the son of Andre the Giant, but he was a he was a Hulk Hogan pet project is the thing. Oh, he was, huh? Yeah, Paul White the Giant when he came to the WCW, Hogan brought him in and basically wanted him because he looked like Andre the Giant. But the problem is, Paul White didn't pay no dues. He didn't know how to wrestle back then neither. He just got by on being big, which you could have got away with in WCW, no problem. So when yeah. he came to the WWF as Paul White and in the Big Show, it was Taker that had to school him. Mm. He, he was big pause but I, he had his, he's not even i don't think he's anything like andre no. i think first of all andre was bigger one mm-hmm. and two like his andre's hands were just humongous so like yeah. once he ever whenever he got his hands on you there was nothing you, unless you were hogan of course and maybe who else got away with maybe beating him up a bit successfully warrior not really but when they when they made warrior do that andre was kind of on the decline like health wise and ability but other than that once you got in the ring with andre you'd probably have five minutes of glory and the rest he's beating the shit out of you (laughs) goddamn big yeah and he was slow which which made him it actually added to selling his Giant, so, you know, giants are supposed to move slow, but once they get their hands on you, it's a wrap. Yeah. Um, whereas the Big Show was a little bit more mobile, was a little bit smaller. He was big, of course, than everybody, bigger than everybody else. But just the, the just the fact that he got clowned by the Rock every time. Big Show, you come on down. Exactly. Exactly. And Andre's head was humongous too. Yeah. Once again, that's weird. But yeah, his head was, you know, so. Oh. Hogan said he drank like 15 beers in one setting one yeah, time. Yeah, I think he was in the Guinness Book of Records at one point as like most beers in one setting or something like that. As big as uh, he was, he probably had to drink all of them just to get drunk. Yeah, 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 yeah. There, there's some interesting stories about Andre that are too X-rated to even be on this show. Yeah. But, uh, uh, was that? Oh, oh yeah, they are too X-rated. Yeah, I've heard yeah, some. Yeah, there, there's stories about his fingers, and I'll let you. I'll let, oh, women. <laughs> but yeah, we'll leave it that. We'll leave it there. But yeah, I I, I read somewhere on uh, the internet about like, he used to enjoy going to the Playboy Mansion, and the rest is history. Yeah, yeah, you just use your imagination, people. Yeah, but um, yeah. Other other gimmicks like like tugboat, tugboat when when he became typhoon. And later, the Shockmaster. You remember? You remember seeing the Shockmaster incident? Terrible. That was one of the worst, the worst debuts ever. Like, how did mm-hmm. they, they mess up this badly? Mm-hmm. And even you could hear you could hear Sid Vicious and, and Davy Boy Smith in the background, like, what the fuck? Laughing. Right, 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 right. I, I definitely heard some of their takes on that to some of the wrestlers. Um, yeah, man. Um, I forgot to even add, like you said. 
one of the important tiers you, you had mentioned earlier was the luchador mask wrestler as well, who technically was a stereotypical athletic acrobatic type of Mexican style wrestler, um, even if they weren't necessarily Mexican, including people like the likes of Owen Hart as the Blue Blazer, one of the most impressive wrestlers, um, high flying and technical I've ever seen. Um, oh, you're on mute. Unmute yourself. You're on mute. There I got you. it. I got it. Yeah. Anybody who came out of Stu Hart's dungeon, they're impressive. Yeah, yeah, facts, facts, mm -hmm. facts. Um, and yeah, and you also have the ladies' lover type of guy like Rick Rude. Rick um, Rude, yeah, he was he was beautifully sculpted. Pause. Rick Rude. <laughs> yeah, you have like your Rick Rudes, your Val Venuses. I'm trying to remember. Mark Merrow, I guess, was another one that kind of was off that. Mark Merrill, he, he didn't try to play off that really, but he he was he was physically built because he was a boxer. The guy that when he was in WCW, he was a lot more of the ladies' man type of guy Johnny, than when he was Johnny in WCW. Yeah, when he was Johnny B. Bad, exactly. He was more of like the ladies' ladies' man type of guy. And when um, he, he did try it a little bit with the wild man Mark Merrill gimmick when he first came to the WWE. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. dropped it when he dropped Sable pretty much. Yep. And of course, the Heartbreak Kid also took that gimmick as well which was that ladies lover gimmick was most prominent around rick rude rick rude was the one that really took it by the horns and kind of glamorized it a lot and then i think Shawn michaels took it to the next level Shawn michaels oh. he, sex, he sexualized it more more so yeah exactly a lot of it with a lot of innuendo and, and his appearance in playboy magazine that probably enhanced it as well so yeah yeah but i think Stone Cold Steve Austin is another like trailblazer, trendsetter, or like heavily influential superstar as far as the turn of the gimmick and the traditional style of the gimmick and just flat out unedited attitude, assholery again. Yeah. <laughs> he kind of changed the trajectory of the WWF, if you ask me. Uh, I was think that. Because of him, the likes of like uh, DX and all those like on the edge, borderline rated R kind of wrestlers. He was he was he was, doing that, he was doing it before them. Like I remember WrestleMania 13 when we were eighth graders, right? All the build up to that, his match between Bret the Hitman Hart, all the things he was saying to him. If you want to know how I feel about Bret the Hitman Hart, put an S in front of Hitman. Yeah, exactly. 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 All the, all the shit he was talking and, and the way he carried on during that match. And Bret Hart said that that match is one of his favorites. Yeah. Shout out to Bret Hart because without him, there's there's no Stone Cold. Like, like that feud is one of the greatest feuds in wrestling history. And um, this ain't no ballerina session. I'll kick your pink and black ass. Austin, Austin, three said, I just whooped your ass. You know. Uh -huh. Um. And yeah. Like these. I think he he was he birthed the attitude era, I I believe. And um, and, and 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 in turn, what's it called? The uh, the curtains call incident with the click that birthed Stone Cold Steve Austin. It did, didn't it? Because he was like, yeah. "Fuck him," right? Because what's it called? Triple H was supposed to get King of the Ring that year, but because of the curtains call incident in Madison Square punished. Garden, he got punished. So Stone Cold got in his place. Mm, mm, mm. I see. I see. And, and the the Rock when he was Rocky Maivia. Oh my God! Fans hated him. I hated him. Fuck that. Rocky sucks. Die, Rocky die. He was so. He was corny as a face. Hell yeah. 
even uh, with that little that, that little that little quasi high top fade and that fanny pack he would have. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't think he was gonna last, but look at we look at us now. Yeah, I mean, I, they, think, they, I think also wrestlers like Steve Austin are the reasons why people like The Rock were able to come about like that gimmick. Yeah, the, he got. You know, Dwayne Johnson got better when he became The Rock. When he got in his mic skills, every time he got on the mic, for legendary. Example, legendary. For example, in '98, in '98, before before SummerSlam '98, him and the Nation, the Nation of Domination, Owen, D'Lo, and uh, Mark Henry, they basically corner China in the ring, and all the shit that The Rock is saying to China, and the way he's saying it too, it's like I'm just captivated listening to him. It's like he's just got so much charisma. Much, he's like, as far as promos, Mount Rushmore, he's on there. Steve Boston's on there. Randy Savage as a heel is on there. Ric Flair is on there. Ric Flair, yeah. Yeah. It just Those four are just untouchable when it comes to, like, shooting promos as heels. Uh, like, you can literally – I can literally watch a YouTube of him just play and just enjoy it. The, the more yeah, that's the more. how that's how good they are between the humor, the yeah. arrogance, and the flair and charisma. It just it's it's unparalleled. It's, it's, savage, it's, it's, savage. Like when he would give a promo, they close him on. I'm like, I'm like, is it hot in there? Why are you sweating so much? Did you did you start from coke before this? This was this was the face savage. No, this is a heel savage. When he was oh. talking, he was talking shit. Really, he was still sweating back then. Yeah, it's like why is it is it that hot in there or something? What's yeah, going on? He must he must have hit that. You mean Sav this is the second heel savage or the first heel? Yeah, after after like what's it called? After the mega power split. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about what I, even his his best promos are Intercontinental Champion Savage. Those are the funniest ones. Those are the funniest ones. Uh, <laughs> the funniest one for me, even when it was when he was a face during his feud with Ric Flair before WrestleMania eight. Yeah. Ric Flair was like, Randy Elizabeth was mine before she was yours. Woo! And Savage's interview with Mean Gene, he's like, and just what are you thinking, brother? What are you thinking? Well, Randy, the picture's untrue, but the matter is untrue! Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. Um, anything you want else you want to add? Yeah. Um. What's it called? Um. Other gimmicks I thought were like, oh, what's it? Charles Wright? Charles Wright. How he went from Papa Shango, the Kama Mustafa, Godfather, the Godfather, and the Good Father, and the Godfather again. And he had mad different gimmicks. Like yeah. I didn't even realize until until the Attitude Era when he was started being the Godfather. That's Papa Shango. I I, I recognize it. From jump, the tattoos were the same. It didn't. It didn't hit me. It didn't hit me. Even as yeah. even Kama, even when he was, was Kama Mustafa as well. Yeah, he and then he started being the Godfather, the pimp later on. He transitioned into that during the Nation. What's that? The Godfather, the pimp. Mm -hmm. Who else? Mick Foley. Of course, he had his three gimmicks that he did all the same time. Ah, yeah, that's another. Um, my favorite gimmick of his was uh, Cactus Jack, WCW Cactus Jack. That's how I first knew him, and yeah. that's how I, that's how I recognized him when he when he came as Mankind. I'm like, dude, that's Cactus yeah, Jack. Right exactly, there. exactly. I peep, I peeped it. Yeah. Uh, dude, Love was his funniest one though. Dude, that Love was funny though. His music cracks me up. 
Oh yeah. Do love. <laughs> <laughs> hippie, hippie, <laughs> yeah, on some serious psychedelics, bro. Yeah. And, and other minor gimmicks, like even even like jobbers managed to become like having having different gimmicks, like Barry Horowitz. Yeah, he's another one was a Brooklyn brawler. Yeah, he had a he had I forget what he was called before that. He had a name. He had a gimmick before he became the Brooklyn Brawler. Really? Yeah, yeah. In the in the late eighties, the early eight, the mid eighties, okay. mid mid to late, and then by the late eighties, he was the Brawler. And he actually, at one point, even became he was under the Heenan family. Oh, oh really? Yeah. I, know, I do. I do remember that. Actually, I do remember yeah, that. 88, yeah. 89, I remember that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Yeah, Barry Horowitz is another one. You're yeah, right. He, he got over on I think a million, the Million Dollar Man, I think, or someone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. He did. And, and then they started giving him like a gimmick that played onto his Jewish heritage, even his theme song. Right. Yep. And it was a black guy. Something. Something. SD something. SD something. SD. Yeah, it was a popular. He was from like the Caribbean islands. He was also another popular jobber. Pez Watley, I remember him. He was he was from the Caribbean islands. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Hogan. Well, he went over to the NWO, so that was a change of his gimmick. But it's like he still had a lot of the office politics behind behind the stage and whatnot. Yeah, SD Jones. That was his name. SD Jones. Yeah, he was a popular jobber in the eighties. SD Jones. Yeah. Oh, I, I remember him. Okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, he's dead now. Huh. Mm -hmm. Rest oh, I've seen, I've seen that magic as him and Paul Orndorff. I've seen that before. Yeah, yeah. Who else? There are other wrestlers that took like that took like even Vince, Vince McMahon himself. I forgot. I forgot about Orndorff. Orndorff actually was the was the original Pretty Boy before Rick Root. He was a face before he became a heel under Bobby Heenan. I remember that. Yeah, he was the original Best Pretty Boy. Best pile driver in wrestling history was his man. Yeah. He did it better than anybody else. Like the pile driver was, his pile driver looked like it actually really hurt. Ooh. But he does it, he did it so well that, uh, that, um, Marty looked like he broke people's necks. If you can make it look like that, that's great because D'Lo Brown and Marty Janetti, they couldn't. They couldn't, right? Yeah, D'Lo oh, yeah. Brown paralyzed Darren Drozdov. I remember and, he told me. And yeah. Marty Janetti, Chuck Austin, he paralyzed him. He did what? Marty Jannetty paralyzed Chuck Austin. Oh, he did. Not in the pile driver, but in like the 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 a rockers type of move. And Chuck Austin laid it right directly on his head and just oh, let him paralyze from the neck down. Do you see that? Yeah, have you seen that match? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on YouTube. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, you can tell he really was injured. Hmm. Mm. I see. I yeah, see. John Cena, Mark Henry with the sexual chocolate gimmick. That was funny. Well, well, well our boy Luis, our boy Luis, he, he 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 would tell us that he bought that 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 N64 game, WrestleMania 2000, where they showed all the Titantron intros for all the wrestlers. He bought it. He said he bought it just so he could he could, he could play that shit on loop. The sexual chocolate. It's sexual, baby. Oh, that's my guy, dog. Shout out to my man Luis, though. And I want to give it all to you. <laughs> yep, 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 yeah. Um, the black wrestler dog, Mark Henry. They made they 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 made him like a, a, a lecherous, a lecherous sex craze gimmick. 
I'm trying to think of some of the like, successful. I guess King Mabel, Ahmed Johnson was another one. Ahmed Johnson looking like Booker he's T. Dead. Booker T was some of the problem. Booker T was another big one. Yeah, the the Rock is probably the most prominent one. He's black. Yeah, the Rock is definitely a big one. Yeah, greatest, probably the greatest black wrestler of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, partial black, but black. What's your black? Hey, we're in America. Half black is black. He's black. Yeah, he's black. Um, yeah. Yo, let me ask you a question. When when he became the Rock, did you notice that he tried to talk in like a like a, like a Southern kind of drawl a little bit? The Rock guarantees that November Team Corporate will be down at ringside. <laughs> yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. I do. I did. I did. I did catch that. I did catch that. Uh, so yeah, heel uh, turns, heel turns, and a uh, face turns. They're they're always notable. I mean, Shawn Michaels, his heel turn, the very first heel turn he had against Marty Jannetty in that barber shop back in yeah. ninety or ninety. Yeah. Yep. Goodness, that's that's legendary. There's even shirts made 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 to commemorate that. The barber shop joint. Uh huh. I don't. I don't. That was real when he slammed him right through the glass window like that. Me to it, and they say, Yeah, he had a cut, he was bleeding. Yeah, he, to, yeah. he cut himself when no one was looking. Janetti did that, of course. That's what they always do, right? They always do. And they did, did they say he have a motorcycle accident afterwards. Was that like uh, that, that was the excuse? Yeah, the excuse. Okay. okay, why he didn't appear until when was it late 92? Mm-hmm. And, he, and he hit sensational Sherry with a mirror by mistake. Yeah, by mistake. I remember that. I remember that. Um, yeah. Remember the you remember the Godwins, Henry and Phineas, during the New Generation era. Yeah, I remember them. Yeah. And during the Attitude era, they were re-gimmicked as uh, Jeff Jarrett's bodyguards, Southern Justice. Southern Justice, yes, it's a throwback. Yeah, I do remember yeah. that. Under their real names, Dennis Knight and Mark Canterbury. Mmm. Yeah, and and then became Midian with the Undertaker's Ministry of Darkness, and he got a lot of he got a lot of exposure because of all them tats that he had on his arm. Yo, you frozen? Yo. Yo, you still here? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, you were frozen for about a second or two. Yeah, I had some minor technical difficulties. Okay, we talked about all the horrible face turns and all the horrible heel turns. New Rockers, they that that was a horrible attempt to remake the Rockers. Marty Jannetty and the guy that became Al Snow, Lee Cassidy. Oh yeah, and also okay. it reminds me of the new foundation. That was yeah, Jim Neidhart and Owen Hart. That was terrible too. Yeah, that was probably why they partnered Owen with Coco Beware as High Energy. High Energy, yep. Mm-hmm. That didn't last long either. Nope. Who else? Uh, Billy um, Billy Gunn from the Smoking Guns when he became Rockabilly under Honky Tonk Man. Oh yeah, I forgot about it. That. that was a terrible one too. Yeah. Terrible. Um. Uh. Ed Leslie, who was Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Remember when he became the booty man in WCW? What the fuck is that? That was so terrible. The booty man? It's so cringe. It's what so you, you Do you like ass or you just like pirate booty or something? It's so cringe. What the it's fuck? supposed to be like a ladies man or something, right? He had a few ladies around him, but it's like WCW had horrible gimmicks. They had more horrible gimmicks than, than, than WWF had. And yeah, I will say WWF the WWF, the era for their horrible gimmicks were all in the, the new generation era, I thought. Yeah, I agree. 
I agree. When they were going, when they were going bankrupt. Yeah. These guys, this guy was also a terrible gimmick, even though he was being himself, Virgil. Virgil. <laughs> he was never really himself. Virgil, Vincent, all of his in-ring names were jabs at a Dusty Rhodes and a Vincent Mann. Ah. Because Virgil, that's Dusty Rhodes' real name, uh, Virgil Runnels. Ah, I see. I see. And Vincent McMahon, of course. <laughs> yeah. What's his, real name? What's his real name again? Uh, Virgil? Yeah, Michael Jones. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, he was a, he was a face in WWF when he broke off in the Million Dollar Man, but it's only it's only come out after long after the fact that that, that was like a master slave dynamic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A white man and a black dude that you ordering around. Yeah. I'm surprised that would not slide today, but it did back then. Yeah, I'm surprised yeah. it lasted as long as it did. Yeah, for real, for real. Yeah, in, in the nineteen ninety when they kept when they kept million dollar man kept humiliating Virgil the toes Virgil clean up the shit the off toes. my hands yeah bro shit was cringe it was cringe um, trying to think uh I got more I got a little bit the more Strike Force was a terrible gimmick too but they I mean it worked you hated them the girls in cars theme song <laughs> it was garbage dog. Do you remember the steel cage match that they had the week before WrestleMania four? It was the Strike Force, the Macho Man against the Honky Tonk Man, and and uh, the Heart Foundation. It was March fifth. Yeah, of I do, I do, I do remember that. Yes, I do. that was a fun match to watch. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one. That was a good one. Um, Sergeant Slaughter in his face turn. I want my country back. So terrible. He was good as a heel. He was better as a heel. Yeah, it was good as because, a heel. Because he, he shitted on Hulk Hogan, burned all of his shit on national TV. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. years later, I was like, thank you for that, Sergeant Slaughter. Thank you. Exactly, exactly. exactly. And lastly, who else we got? Ludwig Borba. Lu my, my bad. Ludwig Borga. Uh-huh, the Finnish wrestler. He, I think he's deceased now. He was a good wrestler. He was, I heard he was racist, but he was a good wrestler. Just They just didn't know what to do with his gimmick. Oh, speaking of race. How the one man gang go all the way to Akeem, <laughs> the African dream? <laughs> oh had, my gosh! That gimmick, that gimmick. They even had them on Arsenio because of that. Uh, Slick in the Twin Towers, and Akeem. Oh, yeah. Like I know the brothers looking at me. I know you jealous of my clothes, Arsenio. And before the Arsenio was actually giving them props, like you shook my hand and did things that I haven't, seen, I haven't even seen in the ghetto yet. That's what Arsenio said. To Akeem, yeah. <laughs> oh my God! How were they ever put together? Now, that is such a black pimp, slick, a black pimp managing a redneck please, prison please, guard please and a white guy who must be black. I never quite got that. Me <laughs> neither. <I'm> like, <laughs> it works good together. Though it works good. It was fun yeah, to watch. They, they were they were relevant because of the mega powers. That's really what it was. Yeah, they they yeah when they when the mega powers were no more shortly after they became no more. Yeah, mega bucks, twin towers. Yep, it was of no use. They just kind of used them to push them over the mega powers over. And, and finally, one more demolition when they broke up. Smash became Repo Man, and Crush be, was yeah. still Crush, but under a yeah. Hawaiian gimmick. Hawaiian, yeah, yeah, with like like a, a mullet with like blonde streaks in there. Right, and even. I gotta tell you, even Axe and Smash, they're still alive today. And Crush, Brian Adams, rest in peace. 
Yeah. Acts and Smash, Barry Darso and Bill Eady would say that Crush, he didn't fit in Demolition. He didn't. That's what, but he 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 didn't have the chemistry that we had. Yeah, he didn't. They weren't the same when he became a member. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, with the gimmicks, you know, they're always evolving over the years, whether it'll make them more money or whether they just want to try something new. There's always an evolution with the gimmick. Yep. 100%, 100%, Okay. Uh, yeah. Shall we move on? Last one. Yes, sir. Let's do it. All right. Our last one is Breaking Bad. Okay. For those of you who don't know, and that, and that should be very few of you, Breaking Bad is an American crime drama television series that was created and produced by Vince Gilligan for AMC. It premiered on January 20th, 2008, and it concluded September 29th, 2013 with five seasons and 62 episodes. It was actually set and filmed in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and the series followed uh, Walter White, portrayed by Brian Cranston, who's an underpaid, overqualified chemistry teacher who's struggling with a recent diagnosis of stage three cancer. He turns to a life of crime when one of his former students, Jesse Pinkman, played by Aaron Paul, introduces him to, introduces him to the world of crystal meth. And with Walter White's chemistry knowledge, he knew how to make a pure, a pure version of crystal meth than anyone's ever seen. And the series yeah. follows him as he tries to secure his, finan his family's financial future while navigating through the dangers of the criminal underworld. It was Breaking Bad. It started off slow at first. It was critically acclaimed, no doubt. But it was only during its final season where it really took off commercially, where it really had its, its, its popularity. Mm. Because I, I kept thinking during the run of the show, I got into it during season two, mind you. And I noticed every season just got better and better. But by season five, that's when everybody was watching it. Yeah. And, and mind you, season five, that was my favorite season right there, the final season. That was it? That, that season know? was dark. I hated it because it was so I dark. Loved I loved it. I loved it. It's like after he killed Gus Fring in season four, Heisenberg just the way. The way every episode was done, especially, especially Ed Freight, the, the, the character the development was sick, huh? The character development of this show was sick. It was good. They knew what they were doing from Jump Street. I mean, so much so I couldn't find any plot holes in there at all. Yeah, I mean, I mean that was Vince Gilligan's whole aim with the character of Walter White to transform Mister Chips into Scarface. Yeah, and it's it, it, it's it's so good because it's believable and relatable that. Any man put in that circumstance can easily succumb to those same, you know, changes in outlook and perspective in life and, um, you know, just your approach to just getting richer. Yeah, like, but Walt, though, it's like when he found out about his when he found out about his cancer diagnosis, it's like he was calm about it at first and just like took it like, I heard you. I know you tell I have cancer, but there's a mustard stain on your shirt right there. That was his reaction to hearing his diagnosis. Yeah, yeah. He was an underpaid chemistry teacher working, and he had to have a side job working in a humiliating car wash where yeah. his people come in. And, and the boss, Bogdan, was just a rude jerk to him. Yep. You knew this guy had cancer, but you want to put him to, to put him to debilitating and humiliating physical labor? He's like, no wonder he cursed you out on his way out the door. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. clowned, and clowned your eyebrows. <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah he was he had a 
when he's first introduced, he's basically in a shithole. Yeah. Struggling, seeing his friend, seeing his friend become a multimillionaire. Oh, yeah. Elliot Schwartz. Yeah. When When he was probably the main brain behind it. But the thing of it was, we never found out what exactly caused his exit from the company. Exactly. He's exactly. bitter about it, but given Heis- I mean, Walter White or Heisenberg's character development, it was clearly something that, that, that hurt his ego. because he I, think so. I think it was ego-driven, yes. That's why he left it. Mm-hmm. That's, 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 that was my suspicion, too, actually. A lot Because when even when, when, when he was talking to uh, Gretchen, Elliot's wife, who actually was his girlfriend at the time that he left Grey Matter, he's mm. very bitter about what happened between them. And he actually tells her, Fuck you. And that's the first time we heard somebody say that on the show. Yeah. I'm yeah. Like, I'm, yeah like, I'm like, nigga, what she do to you? Yeah. This is X, dog. It's like it's like you from the way from the way they told on the show, it's like he broke up with her for some I know what it was. I know what it was. They said during the show that when Gretchen and Walt spent a weekend together, Gretchen brought him around her family. And she's a rich girl, right? From a rich family. And Walt felt had felt like an inferiority complex to that, like he wouldn't be able to measure up to that. So he broke up with her because of that. And she ended up marrying Elliot Schwartz and they built a fortune together. Mm. Yeah, so Walt, yeah, Walt's character's traits is like he has an inferiority complex, ego, which is why we should not be rooting for him at all. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, really, yeah. he's really a bastard of a character. Yeah. It's just because of his, it's real. Like, because at the beginning of his introduction, yeah, because he's in such a shit show, shit show and shit hole, shit hole, yeah. Um, you just, you're naturally empathetic towards his character and you start rooting for him automatically just because of that. Like, just mm-hmm. as human being. But you're right. You, you shouldn't be rooting for him. Like, if you actually understood his yeah. makeup as far as and his centric behavior, you know. M- Borderline narcissistic, if you, if yeah, you add narcissistic it. is right. Yes, he is uh, a narcissist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like for he, like he doesn't take any responsibility for what happened in season two with that plane crash that he indirectly caused. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Um, like, because I will say this about him though: he's one of the smartest characters in television history. He's got brains, no doubt. He's I mean, always not- ten steps ahead of the operation. I mean, season Even five. Shit feels. Season five. That's what let me know that exactly. That's what made made season five my favorite. He was at his most cerebral and ruthless. Like Mike's nine guys or ten guys, ten guys, three jails, two minutes. That was yes, like- yes. I mean, there's so many you know parts of that where he just kind of outwits and outsmarts everybody else. He got uh, guts. He got Gus at the end. Gus, Gus was one. The guy in the hospital. That's with Gus, yeah. right? That was Gus. Um, mm-hmm. um, the whole girlfriend situation with with um, Jesse Pinkman. Oh yeah, he let Jane die. He let Jane die, and that's what indirectly caused that plane crash. And he even rubbed and it. In- and even the kid that he poisoned. That was all. Wow. That was all wow. thought yeah. out. Like he's he always did, yeah. thinking ahead. He is. He's sneaky. Walk very sneaky. sneaky, very sneaky, very sneaky. No. But Jesse got smarter. That Jesse Pinkman, his his uh his former student slash uh crystal meth partner, played by Aaron Paul. 
yeah, he becomes smarter over the series as well, too. He does, he does. And he and he's a and he's a crystal meth addict at the beginning, too. Yeah, he is. He is, yes. Under, yes. under Walt's tutelage, he learns how to make crystal meth almost as pure as Walt's. Yeah. Hold his own against against Don Eladio's cartel. Yep. Yep. But um, he has but he had more of a conscience than Walt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like the two of them loved each other. As much they as they did. have a fucking weird ass relation, they had a weird ass love hate relationship, but they definitely loved each other. It's just unfortunate that Walt was just very egocentric and, and, uh, and narcissistic, so that got in the way of their relationship. Ultimately, he, he was so Walt was so egocentric that remember Gail Bedecker, the first lab, the second lab guy that he replaced Jesse with. Okay, the scene where he got Gail fired, he chewed him out for saying you didn't put it on the right setting. I'm like. He put on the setting, you put it on. If you rewind that episode, Gail did exactly what Walt told him to, right? But Walt was looking for an excuse to fire him, and that gave, and, and, and he, he set it up like that. Mm. Yeah, because he wanted Jesse back because Jesse, he can, control, he can control. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Gus, Gus Fring is probably my favorite character in the whole show. Yeah, he's legendary, Doug. Yeah, um, Giancarlo Esposito, hell of a great actor. Yeah, he goes back in the Hollywood scene. Um, Trading Places, uh, what's it called? Do the Right Thing. Do the Right Thing, yes. Yes. Uh, uh, in New York? Yeah, he is in there. Yeah, he is in there. Yeah, yeah, he is in there. Um, Usual Suspects. Yep. Oh, yeah. He's, about- he's a good character actor. Fun facts about Giancarlo Esposito. He, he has an African-American mother. And an and an off the boat Italian father, and he was born in Denmark, but came here with his mother when she moved back to America when he was five years old, and he was raised in Manhattan. Whole time I thought his his heritage was Afro Latino. Nah. He looks like to me. Yeah, he he and it's proven he can he can play a Latino no problem with this role. Mm-hmm. He learned how to speak mm-hmm. Spanish. Mm-hmm. His mm-hmm. Spanish is pretty good actually. Yeah, I mean you know you nice you nice with it, yeah. And um, thank you, thank you. Yeah, and, um, and, and Better Call Saul, he really spoke Spanish a lot. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I I haven't really watched the show that show. Yeah, but yeah, that that put uh, that put the events in Breaking Bad in a whole new different context. Context, I see. And because Saul Goodman, the lawyer who was a breakout character played by Bob Odenkirk in Better Call in a uh, Breaking Bad, Breaking yeah, he was so popular they gave him his own show. Yep. Like you need a, you want a criminal lawyer or a criminal lawyer, right? Right, yeah. right. Um, yeah, he he had to cook the books here and there. Well, not really cook the books, but you know. Yeah, he did. Break, he, bend the law so that shit would slide. And he had no problem doing that. Saul Goodman, yeah, getting paid well. Why would he? Yeah, Heisenberg, Gus Fring. He know he has connections. Yeah, I, I, Gus, Gus is uh what do you call it? His story of how his brother was killed by the same men that hired him was crazy. That is how insane. How he gets them back, poisoning them and throwing up. Yeah, in season four, that season four episode, they gave the background to Gus Fring. Hermanos? Yeah. Or him and his boy, and Max, and, and rumor, and Vince Gilligan said they were lovers, right? That's why Gus took his death so personally. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just my friend, that was my lover. Oh, it was, yeah. Why did I say his brother? It was lover, right? And, yeah. and, and they hinted at all throughout that scene when uh, Hector Salamanca, played by the late Mark Margolis, and he's like, don't Juan, Juan Bolsa was like, don't piss in the pool. And Hector's like, so what? What? Because you worried about them? They probably like what they see. 
Oh, yeah. 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 Um, and, Don, and Don Eladio, he was just ruthless, played by uh, Stephen Bauer, who was uh, uh, Manny Manolo from Scarface. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He was in there, yeah. yeah and so yeah. was Mark Margolis. He played uh, one of Sosa's assassins, the one that Tony killed in the car. You die, motherfucker! Yeah, he, yes. Yes, yes. He, he was the, the old the paralyzed guy or whatever. Yeah, he was Hector, the, the one of the wheelchair. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, they they, um, they they did a lot of deliberate Scarface connections with this film. They did? It was intentional? It was intentional. They're, those hiring, Mark Margolis and uh, Stephen Bauer, their casting was intentional. Mm. It's like we said, Vincent Gilligan wanted to turn Mr. Chips into Scarface. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Makes sense. I think that might have been my favorite season, season four. Because oh, was, yeah. that was the last season of The High. Season five, it's now the, going down the slope. I, I love I love season five because it, it, season five was cut in two parts. Remember? Yeah, at the time. See, I watched it. I watched yeah. it later after okay. the show was done. But but I did I did hear about it going in two parts. Because so. what's it called? When season five ended, Walter he's just he got rid of all of his all of his uh, competition and just and with with the cover of Vomino's Pest, the pest control company or whatever. Yeah, he goes in various people's houses, makes crystal meth, and has $80 million in that storage shed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, how much fucking money do you need, man? And you can't deposit nowhere. So he had it somehow, some way given to his wife and children, and some of it to Jesse as well. Yeah, he gave he gave Jesse his son, but Jesse was so guilt-ridden that he started, like, tossing the money out the window. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he and he basically uh, threatened Elliot and, uh, Elliot and Gretchen Schwartz with that eleven million dollars that he had left, that, that 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 the Nazi gang left him after they dug out all of his shit from the desert. Yes, yes, yes. But then again, it's your own fault. It's your own fault because you said you will give them all that money if if they didn't kill Hank, which they still did anyway. Still did. Yep. 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 And then Jack, the leader of the the leader of the gang of the white supremacist gang, is like, no, 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 leave one for him. What's with all this greed? <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, leaving with one, yeah, that's cool, but it's like, uh, like uh, they took all, all my hard earned money, all my hard, well, not earned, but hard mm-hmm. stolen money or whatever. Or, yeah, drug, not drug money. Stolen, your, but ill-gotten, your ill-gotten gains. Ill-gotten, yeah, blood money, if you want to call yeah, it. Pretty much, pretty much. Yeah, and because Walter, you're technically killing the community with that shit. And Walter wasn't afraid to get his hands dirty neither. In season one, he killed Crazy Eight. And he ran over those drug dealers that were that were on his yeah, table. Yeah, he did. And the, yeah, and the, I forgot. And the, and the guard in the laundromat in the laundromat laboratory that was the sub laboratory. When he went to go rescue Jesse, he killed that guard at point point blank range. range they yeah. burned the whole place up. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And Mike Ehrman tried. He killed Mike. Yeah, and you know, at the beginning, it was hard for him to kill. Yeah, it was. And then all of a sudden it became it was like second you know, nature. It became yeah, second nature. Yeah. You know, the guy that plays Mike Ermintrout, Jonathan Banks, he's from here actually. Oh yeah? Yeah, he went to Northwest High School in Silver Spring. Oh. If, if, you, uh, well, if, we graduated. You watch, if you watch and listen to him, you can hear like a Maryland twang in his uh in how he talks. Mm. And he was also in Beverly I Hills. Cop. Mm. He was in Beverly Hills Cop, the first one. Speaking of which, yeah. they're making a new one. Yeah, I heard. He was the one that killed Eddie Murphy's friend, Mikey. Oh, at the beginning? Yeah. He had hair back then, though. Mm, 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 mm. Mikey, what about Oh, yeah! 
Yeah. I remember. And he was also the one that he beat up at the at the restaurant. Oh yeah, when he threw him over the buffet. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. like, and Eddie's like, "That's good, Victor. Can you make him sit down?" Make him yeah, I remember that shit. Yeah, I forgot he was in there. You're right. Yeah, John. Good memory. Shout out to Beaver. Yeah. And a lot of and a lot of actors on Breaking Bad. Same with The Wire. Their profile raised after Breaking Bad ended. I mean, Jonathan Banks got mad roles. Um, Giancarlo Esposito. He's been on them Star Wars Disney Disney shows. Mm. He's been on The Boys. Uh, what was it on Kaleidoscope on Netflix earlier this year? Mm. And yeah, he. They I got seen Jesse Pinkman in a couple of shows too, and, and commercials and commercials. Black Mirror. He's been on two seasons of Black Mirror. Yeah, yeah. And also, he got accolades for this show left and right. Like like uh, Brian Cranston won the Emmy four times in a row for playing Walter White. Aaron Paul won it three times. Oh wow, close. Yeah, they won. They, they the were whole, a dynamic duo. I don't, I'm not even shocked. They won 16 Emmy. The whole show won 16 Emmys during its run. Mm, mm, mm. Shout out to them, man, because man, it's a good one. Yo, the That's scenes, cool. the scenes that really like stand out for me, like how how Gus distributes all all of Walter's crystal meth through through the mid through the Southwest. They showed how how when Walt makes it, where it goes, how his people, how Gus people seal it up, put it in fry batter, then mark the fry batter with a fluorescent. A fluorescent mark or whatever. Yeah, it's like good God, and Gus oversees all this. Yeah, Gus, Gus is no bitch. Gustavo Fring was no bitch. He was gangster. Yeah, the scene where Don Eladio's people are shooting up his chicken farm, and Jesse and a and a micro are hiding behind like 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 portables or whatever. Mm -hmm. Gus, he comes up, he's just going like the fuck. He comes out, starts walking, and it's like get down. Yeah, he didn't even give a fuck. I remember that. I remember that. And Jack kept shooting him. Shooting him and Gus like, bring it, come at me, yeah. shoot me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's I think that 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 one that one scene with Don Eladio when Don Eladio had his boyfriend killed, that's what made him a cold-hearted dude. Cold-hearted guy, right? Cold-hearted yeah. and ruthless. He's he's one of my him. It's between between him, Jesse, and Walter. Those are just such good character developed characters throughout the show. Hank. Hank, yeah. Hank Schrader, him too. Hank, Hank was funny. Hank was funny because he didn't come off as very smart, but he was. I found him funny. He knew what he was doing, though. Like the scene where he was interrogating Mike Ehrmantraut in season five, like they already knew everything about Mike, like his past in Philly, and they're at, and they're asking questions like they don't know. Like right. you know that you know that he's licensed to carry his firearms in three different states. You all know mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Like when they when they when they, Mike's about to walk up, where he's like, "Am I under arrest?" What's the matter, boys? You forget your right. Head. And he's walking out, and Hank's like, "I suppose you don't want to know about the the twelve million dollars in a Cayman Islands account that's registered in your granddaughter's name, don't you?" And right. Like, Got him right there. Got him. Also, um, Hank, um, Walter's wife was a great. She played because you hated her. And a gun, yeah, she played. He made you hate her, so she does well, a great job acting. What made me hate her was at the near near the end of season four, during the episode entitled Crawl Space, where Walt goes to get his money in in, in, in the in the titular crawl space of their house, right? He's like, Where is the money, Skylar? Where is it? I gave it to Ted. You, you gave our money to Benicky? What? It was the only thing I could do. And he starts laughing hysterically. Yes. Like this. <laughs> 
Like, what the fuck? Am I digging any worse? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. It's, it's, it's one of the best shows on TV, man. I can't even lie. It was good. I mean, so good. It, it's if you so look good. On, if you look online about the top TV shows ever, consistently, Breaking Bad is ranked, ranked up there with the top three. Them, The Sopranos, and The Wire are always consistently rated as the top three. Top three? Mm-hmm. I still need to get on The Wire before we shoot. So, yes, you do. As a I'm Maryland here. native, all Maryland, all Maryland people should watch The Wire. So I, I heard. So even, though, I heard. even though Baltimore it represents all of us. So I heard. Another show we should probably touch, maybe not this season, but sometime, The Night Of. The Night Of? Oh, oh yeah, the joint that came out in 2017, the six-episode miniseries. Yeah, that was good with John Turturro having, like, eczema on his hands and feet. Yep. 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 Yeah, that, that was a good one. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. Anything you want to add on to this? It's a good um, show. Um, what's it called? Uh, Breaking Bad. <sighs> Legendary. It, um... The songs they use in the show, as with any TV show, if it's an old song and if it gets played on a popular show, it gets like a thousand percent increase in streaming. Like uh, yeah. the song that was used in the final episode of Breaking Bad, uh, ba- um, um, what's it called? Baby Blue by Badfinger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that mm-hmm. song got a whole lot of play. And I remember hearing that song years earlier in The Departed. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, they um and same and remember in Stranger Things, the last season of Stranger Things, where what's it called? The scene where um that girl she has to hear that song by Kate Bush running up that hill. Yeah, that's my that's my favorite scene in that show. Very, yeah, that, very personal. Yeah, and yeah. that song that song got a whole uh, got a whole bunch of streaming. It got it got more attention than it ever did when it first when it first it came, came out in the eighties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shout out to um that that's uh shoot, what's her name? Kate Bush. Yeah, I know the name of the song. I mean the character in, in Stranger Things. I forget her name too. God damn. Yeah. Sadie Sink is her Sadie Sadie Sink is the actor's name. Yeah. Um my, she was one of my favorite characters of the kids. God damn, what the hell's her name? Yeah, it's cool. Hold on, hold on, hold on. That's cool. I'm gonna find it right now. Now it's got me. Max. Cool. It was Max. Max Mayfield. Max Mayfield. Max Mayfield. Yeah, they're coming out with the final season next year. I yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that. Me too. That's that's a hell of a good show. One of my favorite shows on H- on um, Netflix too. That Black Mirror. Oh, did you see the Killer on Netflix recently? It's a movie or a show? Movie on Netflix with a uh, uh, Michael Fassbender, and it's directed by the same guy that directed Seven. Uh, David. It's called the Killer. The Killer. Yeah. Now nah, I'm gonna have to peep that. That was a good one. It really good. It's a psychological thriller. I'm gonna have to peep that. Someone's at the door. But um, yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, give me one second, please. Yeah. I'll be right back. Which I was about to even mute myself. Hold up. But yeah, glad y'all are tuned in and uh, enjoying this. Uh, make sure you comment. We've done quite a bit of talking today between Breaking Bad. Hold on. Between Breaking Bad, um, between Breaking Bad, uh, Snatch, and of course the gimmicks of WWF, or should I say wrestling at all in general, um, I'm sure there's plenty to talk about. Um, but um, we'd love to hear your feedback, especially on Breaking Bad, which is a very, very popular show. Um, 
a lot of y'all. I'm over here too. <laughs> yeah, he's still here. I'm still here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we usually do this together, but I had to come down for the end of this right here now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, are we wrapping this up for We're the most part? Yeah, we wrapping this up. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, just make sure you comment, subscribe, spread the word. Yes. Like, because you know when you like. You know, the algorithm pushes us too. So yes, please do that. Please do that. Spread and the it, word. And if you enjoyed our guest, my man Naeem, aka Mr. TV series, uh -huh. Bravo, for Love Without Borders or whatever. Yeah. Let us know. We'll have more guests if you like the if you like the, the chemistry we had. Um, so yeah. Yeah, spread us like chlamydia. Wow. Not that, but y'all have a happy Thanksgiving. We might or probably record either before or after Christmas. Who knows? Actually, no. We might even record later on this month. We love y'all. Actually, no. Christmas. Yes, I said that right. Christmas. God bless. And um, you already know what time it is. Yes, it is. See you there. moving feet. This guy. This guy. This guy, dog. What? But yeah. What did I say, dog? It's cool. Oh. All right. We good. We good. Yeah, we love y'all. Love y'all. Peace. Peace.